I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 319 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast. About video games. And this is the podcast, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I mean, that sounds Gosh. like video games. Yeah, that sounds yeah, a lot like video games. That's pretty hardcore, yeah. That's why I always pick the dark side options for, you know, my, for my night, night of the old Republic. Uh-huh, yeah. Are you a, are you you know, a rebel? Uh, a, a, a rapscallion? Uh, yeah, that? you know, I would say I'm a, I would say I'm a scoundrel. Yeah. Oddly enough, the rebels are the light side in that uh, universe. Yeah, according to the propaganda that George Lucas shat out into our movie theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think <clears throat> of what they call it in, in, uh, in Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect. I was also trying to think of the phrase Renegade. Mass you, you're like <clears throat> Renegade and Paragon. Paragon and Renegade. Yeah, yeah I knew like it was an R one, and I also knew that it was an M E, but I R, I could only R. think of. Middle Earth, and that's not the same property. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ma Maverick and Go, Go Daddy. <laughs> those, those should be our <laughs> morality choices. Uh, Kevin, you sound awful. Yeah, I'm not feeling awesome. Maverick and Quigley Down Under. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, but Maverick was uh, – Mel Gibson. Yeah, they're right. pretty much the same person. <clears throat> Wait, no, come on, you can't, you can't impugn the dignity of Tom Selleck. Fair enough. Fair in enough. that way. Uh, so Mag Ma Maverick and Magnum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it'd have to be Magnum and Quigley Down Under. Oh, okay. The Quigley Down Under and Quigley Up Top. Those are the morality <laughs> choices. Is Quigley Down Under like <clears throat> the opposite of Crocodile Dundee? How big is his knife? I don't actually know who Quickly Down Under is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you a plot synopsis, but it has um, Tom Selleck in it. Okay. And I think it's and about it's, going to... I'm pretty sure it's set in Australia. Yeah. Not Hawaii. But he's not Australian, right? I think I think that's why that specifies in the title that he's there. Mm -hmm. Oh. Like, what I want to know is that is this a sequel <laughs> to, like, just Quigley... Oh, huh. <clears throat> Christ, sorry about this frog in my throat. Right in, readers. You'll answer my question. What have you been up to, Jim? Do you guys see the um, the video? I think I linked to it on Twitter about um, level 4-2 in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, and I, about how it's I didn't video. watch it. Well, yeah. Tell us about it. It's a 20-minute it's a video that goes really in-depth into, like, here are, like, a, a series of... The, the strategies that speedrunners have used in this particular <clears throat> level and the evolution of like the different sets of glitches that they used to, um, to get through it as fast as possible. And like the, like, the compromises between like fast finding as possible measured in frames, not in right. seconds. Yeah. 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 And, um, the compromises between like the fastest route and, um, a, cons a route that you can pull off consistently. Oh, yeah, it was. It's really in depth, really interesting. Um, what kinds of glitches are there that come into play in that? Because it's not, you're not in four two for very long, right. even playing normally, right? You're it's right. If you're thirty seconds, maybe. If you're doing a speed run, you're trying to get out of there using the warp zone, which is just a few screens in. Um, so, the big uh, glitch is skipping the um, the animation for climbing the vine. Uh, which you do by, um, so the way the game works, the way you, um, 
transition to other 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 levels is um, certain certain tiles are marked as exit points, and you can take the exit point on a vine or you can take the exit point on a pipe. Um, and the game doesn't like how it doesn't associate um, where you're going with that particular tile. Uh, it associates where you're going with your position, how far the level has scrolled. So I see. So exit points are are just always either. It's it's always like any given X position only on the, the level. Only the X coordinate means anything. There's just like right. an ordering of exits, and they go to specific places. There's right, not right. Like a, and so if you can get to there's a a pipe uh, shortly after the the warp vine uh, where. If you go down the pipe, you end up in like, here's a room with some coins in it. Uh, but if you can get to that pipe uh, with uh, without scrolling the screen far enough, going down that pipe takes you to the warp zone instead. Oh, huh. Yeah. And so... And it does it without without having the climbing up... Without the playing the animation, animation. Yeah. yeah. Which saves like something like five seconds. And so it's a... Uh, the video is like about how, how did people figure out how to scroll the screen that like without actually um how to get get that far without scrolling the screen that far because like normally as soon as you hit the middle of the screen it starts scrolling but like if you're jumping backwards and you brush up against something you can move forward without scrolling and so it just it it, it's it was a very like very interesting in-depth explanation of that stuff it made me like i um uh, Penacook in 2012 is still working. He's the guy who's been doing that sort of thing for like um, Super Mario 64 videos. He's still like making the uh, his like here I I, I uh, got um, Whirl from the Freezing Pond in Snowman's Land uh, without jumping, without pushing the jump button or whatever, um, and like making a breakdown video of how that works. Um, and that stuff's super interesting. Uh, but for whatever reason, he stopped putting as much like uh, production into those videos ever since the um, the uh, the half and a yeah half a press, press parallel, parallel universe universes video thing. blew up. Like I, th- I think he didn't like all the attention it got, um, and so like uh, I was browsing through summoning salts. The, this is the guy who made this video, um, his history, and it's some pretty good like like the, he does a general like this one's a very deep dive very specific deep dive but he does some like generalized history of like here's what here's the uh the history of mario sunshine speed running in general you know what and what what that community has gone through it's super interesting stuff to me um and probably to a lot of the audience here yeah so. I've, I've had summoning salt uh subscribed for a while so oh, the old sss yep uh, I thought you were going to talk about the video of that thrift store bear. Oh, that was really good too. Well, I, I definitely that retweeted one. that one. Uh, it's a it's a video of a a bear that um, the, the the tweeter bought at a thrift store, and apparently, like it's it's battery powered. It used to sing a song if you pushed a button or something. Oh yes, uh, that. I'd yeah, love and that. now it yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and now it just says the word skin. Did, did anybody identify like what it was supposed to be saying? Did they figure out what kind of toy it was? And uh, no, I, I never, I never looked into that. It did sound like it said "skin" in like a monotone, as if it yeah. were singing a note. Skin. So, yeah. <laughs> so I bet it was the start of a song. 
But what I'm just trying to imagine what innocuous children's song, unless it's like, I'm asking you if I can have a hug. Uh-huh. You know, like, I want to uh, know. Maybe it's like them. part of the word skinny, like that people talk about things being skinny in front of children. Do they? Sometimes. You don't want to give them. You don't want to give them body image issues. Yeah, you know, yeah, they should they should know better, but they do. You know, you know, although I guess if you're giving your kid a margarita, you do want to give your kid a skinny bitch margarita mm-hmm. because then uh it'll, it'll be better for their blood sugar. Yeah. You want to tell them, this is a skinny bitch margarita for you, you skinny bitch. That's what you say <laughs> to your child. Or more specifically, that's what you program their doll to say to them. Right. See, this is, you know, I'm telling you, anybody who needs parenting advice, just come to me. I'll give you good A1 top-notch parenting advice. You could start a podcast. We should actually just have a parenting podcast. Yeah? Yeah. Bunch of bunch of middle-aged white dudes with no kids uh-huh. giving advice on how to ruin your children. Yep. yep. We could call it How to Ruin Your Children. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, Kevin? Just moping and dragging? Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, I watched, uh, did I talk about seeing The Last Jedi on the last episode? Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about it. Okay. Wait, really? That's, that's we talked about it last episode. I okay. remember this. Uh, I also watched, uh, a couple episodes of, um, Electric Dreams. It's like, uh, another Twilight Zone, Black Mirror yeah, thing. Yeah, it's trying to be a Black Mirror Philip thing. I saw K. one episode of that. Does it have something? To, yeah, it's something Philip K. Dick, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. It's not the. Uh, it's not that movie from the '80s, Electric Dreams, about the guy who spills champagne into his computer and it becomes a sentient AI that is in love with him. No. Huh. <laughs> Sounds like a plot this series would have, though. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's. I've seen a couple episodes. I. I like it. I. Is it as good as Black Mirror? Is it the same story over and over again about simulated people? It it is actually like the first so episode far, is that story. So far, there's been a lot of simulated people. Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, but at least uh, in the first episode, you don't know which people are simulated and which people aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. That's oh, the so it's Westworld. <laughs> yeah, that's the dramatic. It's more like Battlestar Galactica, right? Like it's more like the board game Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's more like playing the board game Battlestar Galactica in a VR board game room uh, as a Turing test. Right. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think that if you made a copy of a person, mm-hmm. just Adam like for a Adam? Clone? Oh, okay. Yeah. A, do you think that that would do anything other than that person that, that would just be like a corpse? Would they would would they be alive? Yeah. Would the clone be like alive? if you just it if you it just literally took a snapshot of a person and then I just mean, reconstructed them atom for atom? If the copy was good enough, it would be a, another copy of the person. Yeah. Well, like, but I mean, so I would don't, that, yeah, I, I don't think at atom like, atomic level is enough. Right. You'd have to store like the charge of yeah. everything, yeah. like yeah, the ions or whatever. Like the momentum of like the heart. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. so, our brain activity, while constant, can could shut down for a second and not wouldn't we wouldn't like be erased, right? Like I know that's why the last podcast that the original version of me made was the one right before I uh, right before I got that uh, colonoscopy that I had to undergo general anesthesia for. 
Now I'm just like a Star Trek transporter I, copy of me. I did wonder why you had a goatee. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> yep. And they they just they give it to you. Transporter X and a goatee. <laughs> yeah. They're like you can't eat anything for 12 hours uh, prior to this, and also uh, be, be sure to shave so that the goatee glue <laughs> has a good surface to stick to. Like, but I already have a goatee. It's policy. Sorry. Also, I didn't have a goatee. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, every time you go to sleep, you die. Think about all those copies of you that only existed for the amount of time it took you to piss in the middle of the night. How horrible is that? I have been having all kinds of wacky fever dreams lately, and it is kind of obnoxious. I'm solving all kinds of weird logistical problems. Uh, it's just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'll wake up in the morning, and I'll be like, God, I can't get out of bed. I gotta, I've got to like figure out how to like deliver these samoflanges uh, without angering the guards or whatever like i hate it what are the what are the what are the playing a video game (laughs) what are the themes what are the themes of them are they real world things or are they video game things or are they (sighs) they're they're a lot of like strange like i think i've been filling out a lot of forms lately so i feel like it's a lot of like bureaucracy situations where i have to like fill out a bunch of forms in the right order and if i don't then i have to start all over um, but I, but at the same Don't time, I'm having to get your to do, like, pencil back from the mayor gymnastics. Yeah. I'm having to do like little literal gymnastics from like office to office, which maybe is like a video game kind of thing. Um, that seems pretty cool. It's not Dear it described. No, I, I mean, remember. it's cool for our listeners. To I remember sure. the last time I had a parkour dream. Yeah, really? That's exciting. A lot of my, a lot yeah. of my dreams. I'm like either being chased or trying to find somebody and parkuracy. Hmm. Hmm. Sure. Uh, trip. You have to do a triplicate sal cow. <laughs> a triple sal cow is not a thing that you do in parkour. <laughs> I don't think. I finally watched. I, t- I finally. I finally watched. I Tanya. That movie that's currently in theaters. Yeah, the movie that's currently in theaters that I, everyone has an obligation to watch, and I had been putting it off. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? Eh. You didn't like it. I, yeah, I didn't like it for the exact reasons that I expected not to like it. I just didn't have anything to do that night, and it was playing at the Alamo. Oh, I came up with a scheme. Yeah. I'm just going to tell people about it. Yeah, I've... do it. Ruin this somehow. So, have you heard about MoviePass? Um, yeah. Subscription service. Yeah. Is, isn't it apparently like you, it pays for itself if you see one movie? It, it's $10 a month. You can go see any regular movie, one per day. Uh, so like not a, you can't go to IMAX, you can't go to 3D. Right. Right. And also like you're still paying for popcorn. So in theory. Yeah. So, uh, you get a lot of benefits at various theaters for seeing movies on the regular, right? Like loyalty cards and stuff like that. And this doesn't interfere with that at all because you're still just, you're just paying with what to them looks like a credit card. Mm. Uh, so if you live near a theater, you just go every day and buy a ticket to a movie and then leave. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's you just get you, you instantly well instantly you, you within, you know, a month or two have top tier privileges because you've seen a movie every day. Oh, um, but it only cost you ten dollars for the month. I would argue that the benefits of the top tier of Alamo Drafthouse loyalty, which is the one above where I assume you're at. Yeah. I assume you're at the next to top tier yeah. like everyone else right. <laughs> who lives anywhere near that theater uh, are not worth they're not you going like to walking the three way. blocks out of your way yep. to wait. So what do you get? 
Uh, so the only advantage is that you get one extra ticket uh, for free ticket on your birthday. You get, but a, you would get a free ticket on your birthday anyway with Movie Pass. Well, sure, but <laughs> but you get another. Your idea is that you d- you sign up for Movie Pass for two months, do this, get status, and then exactly unsign up for Movie Pass, yeah. and then you see a movie once a year on your birthday. Sure, and you have only spent twenty dollars for one fifteen dollar movie ticket. <laughs> you also get a free pizza. Uh, okay. And then you get invited yeah. to a party. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that party. Supposedly, is. Like at the, the level that we're at, you get invitations to special screenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I never got no invitation. Really? Yeah, they come in. Is there a VIP why, how, room why at the am party? I not these? They haven't. They haven't been any in a, in a few months. So I see. I think. I think you just got to that level too late. So is there like a VIP room at the party for people who have Reddit gold? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but this could work. Like. This could work with your local theater if you just happen to live in the I do. Theater. Normal theaters have loyalty programs. Mm-hmm. AMC does. Yeah, AMC rewards. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about uh, Century? What about Cinemark? I don't know. AMC gives you like pretty regular like can free concessions, so I think you could you could slowly acquire a bunch of free popcorn by doing this. You could also just go buy some popcorn like a grown up. Yeah. You know, you could just I you could just not spend your life uh, just pulling off cockamamie schemes for <laughs> barely any benefit. There's just something exciting about finding loopholes in life. Yeah. I should have been a fucking like lawyer. Thief. Sure. <laughs> Same difference. A black hat hacker. I you know, I guess I I have benefited from your finding all of these things. Have you? Well, like credit card Oh, yeah. thing last year sure kevin gets a lot of free money from just signing up for bank accounts over and over again yep this kind of sounds like fraud when you <laughs> describe it using the words that describe what it literally is i think my my contention i think i might have mentioned this on the podcast before is that uh banks stopped giving good interest rates and instead uh offer these like incentives to try to get people to make accounts so they'll like offer 200 free dollars if you get an account and then sign up for direct deposit with our bank or whatever. Um, little do they know, I am in control of payroll, so I can fucking do direct deposit wherever the hell I want from month to month. So, like, for a normal person, they'd have to, like, submit a form to HR, and it would be a, a real hassle, but I can just change Yeah, HR shit. would be like, knock it off, or if exactly. you don't stop stealing money from banks, we're going to fire you. <laughs> yep, whereas I, I'm just like, I'll just direct yep. deposit this in a hundred random banks every <laughs> month. <laughs> Yeah. You like to leave yourself a little puzzle to solve, so you divide your yep. paycheck into a hundred uh, individual units, which you yep. direct deposit to random banks. Mostly cryptocurrencies. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you then you use that on your credit card that gives you airline miles to buy dollar coins. <laughs> yep. I did that for a while too. I bought I bought dollar coins with my Amex. <laughs> we should put a boss into a video game that is a solid gold Irish skeleton named Cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon does doesn't crypt now just mean cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. So like the way people are using it. Oh no, not sorry, crypto. Not 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 the uh crypt the place that you go when you die. We, Crypt- played, we played a game and somebody used uh, the word cryptozo- cryptozoological. Uh, right, right. So wait, wait. So cryptocurrency, but in a zoo. Sure. Yeah. It's like weird mushrooms as currency. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what? No. 
cryptozo- cryptozoological? Yeah, why mus- my mushrooms? I don't know. Just they're the strangest they mushrooms in the zoos sometimes. Th- they're the weirdest. But like, they're not like on exhibit like they <laughs> At a zoo? At, a, at a, like a Super Mario Bros. I mean, I guess they, they say fungus have more in common with animals than with plants. <laughs> but, you know, if you take like me to a zoo zoos. and it's nothing but a bunch of fucking fungus, I'm going to be like, this is a bullshit zoo. <laughs> to say, hey, you want some fruit salad? It's just a bunch of chopped up tomatoes and olives. I'm like, eh, I see, I see your scheme here, buddy. I'm not <laughs> buying it. Um, what are other things that are technically animals? Like, they just have like... Here's just like a tank of sewage. Like what? There are billions of animals in this. <laughs> uh, the sponge. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Is a sea cucumber an animal or a vegetable? Is um, <laughs> a lettuce dolphin. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> thing I'm... Tried to make up, failed. Yep, Mariner's lettuce. Mm. You totally successfully made up the lettuce dolphin. It's a thing that is now existing in my head. Let us let us pray. You know that's that's what vegetarians hunt. Okay. Is there also like some sort of right. like tomato animal? So you could have like a bacon lettuce dolphin and tomato aardvark sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what animal would be associated with bacon. That's the that's a weird puzzle we'd have to solve. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Uh, God, remember when this podcast was good? No. <laughs> it's always this. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh, I've been I've been Legoing a lot of Legos. Yeah, what you making? Uh, that giant ass uh, the Ninjago movie city block structure. What? Wait, wait, wait. Um, mm. Back up a couple steps. Okay. Wait, I thought it was Ninjago. <laughs> What what is your question? <laughs> uh, so there, so a there was a Ninjago movie. There was. I haven't seen it. Uh, okay, it was apparently pretty good. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the Lego movies tend to be. Yeah, they they tend to be pretty good. Good. I I would not be surprised if it's very watchable. Do you have any other Ninjago no, Lego sets? I, I have no particular interest in in the Ninjago sets although the sets they've made based on the movie have been pretty good there's like one that's some crazy like shark robot tank that i might also get what it's pretty okay okay i honestly don't know is it a tank like a fish tank or a tank like a sherman tank sherman tank shaped like a shark a A shark tank like like a shark robot shark tank that is a tank shark tank yes shark tank Uh, riff uh-huh. Uh, how or why did you acquire this set? Did you, uh, did you see it in a catalog? Did I, you, was it recommended I did, to you? I did see it in, uh, in a catalog. I get the Lego catalog regularly. Okay. And, and if, if, if you have. Regularly. Yes. Uh, I get it with my legs. Um, if you had, if you had seen a picture of the set, I think you would understand. It's extremely Blade Runnery, except a little more colorful and happy <laughs> okay is this the one with a comic shop in it yes okay it's got a comic uh, shop a working atm a magical a crab working atm okay riff yes. you're getting riff. money yes. you can't you can't just sneak that in well i mean well a working lego atm you push a yeah, little how does thing that... and a little lego dollar bill pops out of it 
Does it shoot out like across the room? No, it it, it pops out far enough to clear the slot, and then it falls on the sidewalk. <laughs> so just like a regular ATM. Yeah, like a regular ATM does. Okay. It's got huh, a it, sweet elevator. When you said city block, I did not sort of assume that it was one giant creepy weird building. Yeah, it's well, it's like uh, the you know those other sets they have like the uh, detective agency that it's it's like a a hunk of city street with like one or two buildings that fit in that tile space. You know, does it like crack open and have like a playset inside? Uh, kind of. It it instead of like cracking open. Like it doesn't like swing open like a dollhouse. It, the the tiers are separatable from each other, so so it's in like roughly three levels, and then you can separate those three levels that you can get down into the little shops and buildings and stuff. Does it is it designed to do that, or is that just something you can? No, it do? is it is designed to do that because the 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 levels are. I mean, they're they're secured with pegs but there's a lot of like smooth plates in there too so it only sticks on with like three or four nubs hmm. you mean studs studs yes that was it <clears throat> like captain america like he's sitting there holding the two halves yeah. together yeah yeah riff was saying there were hunks uh-huh yeah okay yeah and now he's talking about the studs uh it's at the same scale as all the other Lego City stuff, right? So, like, yeah. you could put it next to your old timey cinema and barbershop and detective's yep. office if you, you wanted to just be like, "Here's here's here's Ninjago Town," you, you, or your you sure four could. barbershops. It, it would be a little bit uh, uh, discombobulous, I guess, <laughs> because oh. it, it would run from sidewalk on the regular city structure into like river on the ninjago structure because the the ninjago thing is sort of built on this bridge platform over water <laughs> but other than that yes it totally works they, they even do the uh because the way the the lego city pieces hook together they've got those two little pegs on the side that join to the corresponding holes on the next set and this does include those so hmm. so it, it's definitely designed for that but yeah, it's it's man, it is a super sweet set. They they use the parts super creatively and there's just a ton of great little bits and colors and two whole uh two whole sheets of stickers and Does it stick to the kind of Star Wars set ethos where it's just regular Lego pieces and not like big bespoke It is pretty much just uh just regular pieces. Every now and then there's like like the the most the the like there's the only pieces I've seen in this that I've not seen in other sets are like uh one sort of large curved clear piece that's like a storefront window and some uh uh, uh some little one stud white tiles that have a little black line on one side of them that get used in the uh the comic shop signage um uh, but other than that everything's just your regular ass legos well that's cool yep i recommend it if you have a lot of money to spend on a lego set it's friggin' it's 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 four thousand six hundred and some odd pieces, so it it costs a penny, but five hundred uh, five hundred dollars ish. Uh, yeah, probably four fifty something like that. 
Uh, wow. But yeah, it's... At first I thought you were saying it was like $4,000. No. <laughs> but, but... 500 Le- is about as crazy. Like the same Lego, order of magnitude. Lego sets, Lego sets tend to cost 10 cents a piece, plus or minus like 5%. Okay. So... So yeah, it's an expensive set, but it's it's uh they they packed a lot of uh they packed a lot of value into this one. I, I, what, it, uh, it's how definitely tall is it? it's definitely more worth the money than the collector's edition uh Millennium Falcon, I would say, which is Wait, of, why? of a similar price. Just cuz it's it's got way more interesting pieces and a lot more color. The Millennium Falcon is pretty much just gray. And it's a lot more yeah. interesting to build because it's because of all the different features and structures and. and so I guess on. that is the thing. the the playset ones are more fun to build. Yeah. But the model ones are nicer to look at when you're done. Yeah. So it's kind of a. Boy, you know what was the least fun to build relative to how cool it is to look at is oh, yeah. the half constructed Death Star. Oh really? I thought you were gonna say the. Uh, uh, um, the Star Destroyer? Star Destroyer, yeah. No, I just didn't even buy that one because I didn't want to put it together. Yeah, the, huh. it, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it's it's not a, it's not even that cool of a final figure because it's just a big gray wedge. <laughs> well, have you played any video games? I played um, the fourth. The fourth game in the the Room series came out. I played oh yeah, that. that's pretty good. Did you get through it all? Yep, I finished it. It's uh, uh, I would I like it better than the third one, definitely, and possibly I like it better than the second one, actually. Which it, I can't remember anything about the second so, and third ones. Is there one of them that was on a boat and then in a boat? There is. I don't. Think so. So, well, the progression was the f- the first one is just like getting into a box, right? Yeah, the first one just has a single room, and in the room there's a table with a puzzle box on it, and the puzzle box opens up to reveal impossibly another s- puzzle box inside it, and and that's level to level is puzzle box to puzzle box. The second one is a series of rooms, uh, and then the that each have a puzzle box and some other stuff in the rooms and you move sequentially from room to room and the rooms are the levels. The third one was like, I guess like a house that you were moving in freely from room to room. And there weren't really any individual puzzle boxes in them. There, it was all just like escape the room or point and click adventure stuff. And that was the one I didn't like because what I like about these games is the puzzle boxes. And then this one is a series of rooms that you can traverse freely that often have puzzle boxes in them and also some other stuff. But also the rooms are at a, at a meta level. The rooms are rooms inside a very elaborate dollhouse, which itself is kind of a meta puzzle box. So it's really interesting. It did strike me that it kind of reminded me of the stuff that I didn't like in the third one because it'll be like, all right, now you you're in this room, but you can't solve any of these things yet. You're only in here to get the like weather cock to put on the mm. top of the building to open up. It's still another room where there'll be another thing in there that you may or may not be able to solve yet. It does have um, a little of that, but they it's paced out a lot better because it, it unlocks more rooms as you go instead of just sort of having a 
like too many places to go right at the beginning. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's a really common adventure game design problem. Yeah. And like, there's also the opposite problem where like towards the end of the game, you have all these different places you can go, but only like a few of them are actually relevant. Mm. Well, this yeah. one, this one also solves that problem by destroying rooms as you're finished with them. No, very clever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's basically found- a game about about ruining an elaborate dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, wasn't that the specific like fetish of the main character of one of the Chuck Palahniuk huh. books? <laughs> I <laughs> <Like> believe it. <laughs> stomping on dollhouse furniture, <laughs> like building these elaborate dollhouse scenes and then stomp just stomping on them barefoot. Huh. That seems like it would hurt. Yeah, well, that was part of why he liked it. Okay. It ended up with, like, you know, the skin would grow over little broken pieces of, you know, fake plastic potted plants and did, stuff. Did he eventually realize he could just stomp on, like, dice and Lego pieces? <laughs> <Legos> and <laughs> Jacks. <laughs> just nature's caltrop. Yeah, nature's I guess in a way, jacks are nature's <laughs> caltrop. Man, I, we played a board game this weekend where there was a lot of discussion of caltrops. There was. What board game it must was that? Just be, must be caltrops in the air. Oh, we played a couple of games of Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay. Um, do, so I found myself in this room game really relying on the hit system quite a bit. Same as the previous game. And that's fine. I wish that it didn't drag... Like... Really what I want is for this game to just tell me where to go next, hmm. and then I want to go interact with a cool thing, as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to go interact with every cool thing until I figure out the next one in the sequence. But it kind of hides the hints from you until you've gone, until it like detects that you've been stuck. I wish it gave them two more. No. Generously. More readily. Yeah. But that said... I like to ruin my own experience of playing a game. <laughs> you beat it though. Yep. I mean, there's kind of never any real payoff to these, right? Like, there's a, like well, th- the this sto- one has kind of a cool cutscene at the end, which seems to be indicating a, f- a following game to come. But oh, well, sure, they're never going to stop. That, yeah. But yeah. Anything it, else? It, uh, well, let's see. I think I think the only other plant game I played was they came out with two more games in the Rusty Lake series. Uh, they came out with one Cube Escape and which are the, the smaller free games that they do. And then one called Rusty Lake something or other, which I haven't played yet, uh, which is the, the big full game. But I played the their new Cube Escape and it was alright. I had to go to the hints more more frequently on that one than I prefer. I didn't feel like it was clued very well. But, uh, How do those games work? Are they like first person? Yeah, they're like first person room escape point and clicks. They're 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 not uh, they're not mechanically unusual. Uh, what's they're the 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 thing that's distinct about them is their sort of surrealness and Twin Peaksiness, which is often kind of not. Not something you really want in a room escape because it means that the puzzles don't ne- don't necessarily follow logically. <laughs> so, but they're all right for the most part. They have good. What atmosphere. have you been? What have you been playing, Jim? I played some of uh, the Last Guardian. Oh, is that uh, which was is that the one with the big dog bird? 
Yeah, it's the the follow up to Shadow of the Colossus that was something like ten years in the making. Hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it's 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 a game about fighting uh, giant set piece bosses. No, no, there's just one giant thing, and he's your friend. Okay, <laughs> but it uses like it's it clearly uses the same like climbing on a animal engine as Shadow of the Colossus did. Yeah, you're a, you're like a small Japanese boy. And you are you. The game just opens where you're both like locked up in this cave where, with you no explanation. Giant. You giant. and this like probably like thirty foot long. It's it's got characteristics of a dog, a cat, and a bird, and it's kind of like kind of behaves like any of those three depending on the mood. Um. And you befriend it and like pull spears out of its side and feed it and then you start riding it around and like I'm, I'm like two and a half hours into this game and I've been really impressed with like the variety of just different stuff that happens like the that I forget if the thing has a name I never go Tico okay or Trico I think it's Trico. Trico yeah Trico just has a lot of good variety of reactions to various things that happen in the world. Like one of my favorite things that happened was like, I was th throwing food at it and it smacked him in the face. And that was just like, and he reacted that way. It was just like, Oh, what a, what a good interaction. Um, and, but, but also, also like sometimes if you throw food at, food at him, he catches it. So like, that's, that's realistic. That happens when you throw food at a dog. Um, just yeah, just really, really impressed with the variety of stuff. And like, I had, I had avoided playing this, not avoided, but like, not sought it out. Being a being a big fan of Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, um, I had just heard this one got middling reviews, and um, just didn't really prioritize playing it. Um, and like, I get it. I get why it people gave it like eight out of ten, and it's because like, there's a lot of unpolishedness to it. Um, and that pr probably, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that gets worse over the course of the game as you get deeper in. Uh, a lot of like, um, frustrations with like getting the kid to do what you want. And I expected the frustrations with getting the dog to do what you want, because that's just like dogs in real life too. Well, that's uh, also kind of the game, right? I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was, I was ready for that, but like, even just like, uh, sorry, I gotta finish playing this animation before I do the thing you wanted to do. Um, and then like, it will, like a lot of your emotions will be physics driven in a way that I are sometimes weird, sometimes funny. Like if you push the button to drop off of Trico, you're like, you're, you're clutching onto his feathers and you push the button, button to drop. Sometimes he will just like, like completely go limp and smack into the floor like in the position that he was in when while he was clutching the the onto the onto Trico it was very very strange um but um just like the variety of like ways you interact with the environment the way you like will coax Trico around to do stuff you want um a good variety of like sometimes um, he's helping you and sometimes he's hindering you, but you're all, you always like, you, sometimes you need to like stop him from being distracted by something before you can proceed. It's, it's really a good variety of stuff. And like, 
the the sheer um novelty of this sort of interaction of like a game that is all this sort of like a bunch of funny shit that an animal does <laughs> and puzzles built around that um it outweighs so much like two you know docking it two points for not being very polished like this is does it remind you of untitled goose game at all i have not played that okay. i've only seen the trailer um the, the both the, like the goose has feathers as well so there's that right is the is the animal ever sort of a jerk um sometimes the animal will like freak out like um there are like weird animated suits of armors that that chase you around and like they can they catch you and then you have to push buttons to flail around to to get out of their grasp and if um if you're separated from Trico, you can like lead them back to him and then he'll kill them. But then he's like just freaked out from the fight and you have to like climb on him to comfort him. Mm. Um, but I've never seen him like be a jerk. Like, unless you count that sort of thing. Uh, and I played a bunch of Celeste and Celeste is, um, it's a platformer by uh, Matt Thorson and friends. Uh, Matt Thorson, who made Towerfall, and prior to that, uh, a game I really liked called Flail, which is kind of the predecessor to this thing. Uh, it feels a lot like Flail. Um, there was like a Pico Eight version of Celeste. Yeah, there was that too, and that that one I didn't really play. I I, w- I couldn't get past the first screen. Did you c- play because, it inside Celeste? Yeah, once I had like figured out the mechanics in in, in the properly tutorialized version of the game i was able to uh, pretty easily finish the pico 8 version but like i think i'd never figured out that you could a uh, boost you could air 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 dash uh diagonally in the pico 8 version i couldn't figure out how to stop doing it in the uh in, in the switch version <laughs> right yeah i so i, I, I want to say this first but i want to talk about that too um I, I did not expect to give a shit about this game. Um, like, I, I've played so many pixel art, like, hard pixel art platformers in my life. There's, like, another one of those. Is like, why why even bother making it? Um, but this game is really fucking good. It's really, really well done. Uh, what, what in specific? Like, the level design? The, the level design, the, the, the controls feel really good. And that stuff, and those two things, like, probably wouldn't be quite enough um but i also was like really uh pulled in by the story just the people you meet and the interactions you have with them i i really liked the writing in this game um it's a game that like that that cares about you and wants you to be a better person okay how why do you say that um there is like a some of the plot is about like dealing with with anxiety and dealing with your inner demons. Um, there's a lot of panic attacks. Yeah, that sort of thing. The um, there's a scene where there's a character that gives you an impromptu meditation lesson, and then you like practice breathing with one of the buttons, which was I I thought really beautiful. Um, yeah, it's but it's also like probably too hard for its own good, and I didn't try dealing with i didn't try turning on assist mode because i'm just stubborn um 
but like I did get pretty frustrated with, and I, I finished it, but like I did get pretty frustrated with how long some of the sequences went on. Like it just yeah. seemed unnecessary. Like I get, I get this. I'm not getting anything more out of this particular mechanic, but you getting know, the first eighty percent of a room a hundred times is pretty aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just meant like you know, here's a sequence where you're being chased by a, a flying head that shoots lightning at you, like. Five screens of that is probably enough, but there's 15. Sure. You know? Um, but overall, like, I'm really enjoying it. I've, I went back. I started go, going through getting the collectibles that I had missed, and it's really enjoyable. Um, I the wish air- there was a little more telegraphing about when you were going to be leaving an area for good. Yep. The, yeah, there is that, – that stuff – that sometimes sucks. Um, I was – Surprised to find that uh, when you're going back, uh, the level select has a um, – it's not just that the level uh, – the granularity of a level. There's also like sub-chapters within the level, which helps a lot yeah. to and it tells ameliorate you where, that. With a, with a certain level of like granularity where the things you're missing are. Yeah, where the secrets are. Yeah. Which is great. The air dash thing, I also – like my biggest problem with the controls of this game was that I could not um, reliably – air dash in the direction I wanted, I was very often 45 degrees off. Yeah. And that happened to me constantly when I played, I played it through the tutorial at when it was in the PAX 10. And I was like, oh man, I hope they fix this or I can play it on a different controller that won't have this problem. But like even on the D pad, yeah. I could well, the, never reliably air dash were, straight were up. playing on the switch. Yeah. The switch D pad, I don't think is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it was the pro controller D-pad. I don't know if oh, that's... Oh, yeah. I don't I don't remember. Like, we, we have a pro controller, but I was just playing it on the it, device itself. I ended up just switching to the analog stick yeah. because that was slightly... I had slightly better luck. But yeah. especially in the timed sequences where you have to execute 40 yeah. air dashes in a row to finish a thing. Like, it. I don't know, man. The second level where you start getting chased by the like shadow version of you that follows behind you that represented probably a 40 X increase in difficulty for me. Okay. Just because I was used to like, I had been going through fairly ploddingly and suddenly having to do it quickly. Like I went from dying once or twice per screen to dying 40 or 50 times a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, suddenly, suddenly being under time pressure is, is a big difference. I found I found a sort of difficulty ramp after that level. Uh, I went from like a hundred ish deaths on a chapter to like six hundred ish deaths on a oh, chapter. Oh wow! I think six hundred is around like my total deaths for the whole game. Oh wow! Yeah, no, I I died all. In other words, get good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would never say get good unless I was saying it like facetiously, like like if you got a hernia, I would say get good. Okay. Like, get good at sitting. Right. Or lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or like if uh, you you were going through a breakup, I would say get good at relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. That seems yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never, I would never uh, say it about something as, as serious as a video game. I would only say it about your health or your emotional well-being. I, I found the sequences where you had to execute a series of directional air dashes, like say eight of them with basically no room for error yeah. to be the, the, the things that like nearly drove me crazy. Yeah. It was, and it's specifically because like 
so if you're doing this with an analog stick, which is what I was doing, because the D-pad on the Switch sucks, mm -hmm. um, like the the nature of an analog stick is that you're gonna it it really is actually pretty analogous to um trying to hit a button a virtual button on a touchscreen like because there's going to be some drift in what counts as up yeah yeah feel, yeah like your thumb is like oh i was not quite uh on i was a little bit on the wrong side of the border there um and i feel like a lot of that and this like would have required a a design decision to be made, you know, pretty early on, but I feel like this would be a better game if you could only air dash in the four compass directions instead of the eight ones. Or just diagonally. Yeah, or or just diagonally, yeah. Yeah, I think that would definitely make it a lot more consistent, yeah. which would be a welcome change for sure. It's they're really only a problem it's really only a problem because uh you are committing to the direction. Like if you could say, "Oh, I'm slightly off from the, the yeah. direction I wanted," and then you could adjust, you know, and or even if like it was fully like 360 degrees of freedom, yeah, that would, on the on the air jumps, well, that would also require like probably significantly different level design. But I do think that would be a better, um, like a more like a a more self consistent design, maybe. I'm. I mean, I'm not happy that you guys are having the same problem that I was having, but I feel a little better about myself knowing that, like, all right, this is just this is going to be one of those things that I'm going to complain about when I talk about this game being difficult because of the controls being inconsistent, and people are going to say, ah, whatever, old man, you just don't know how to use a video game controller, which is true. <laughs> but I guess you you guys are also old men who don't know how to use video game controllers. Yeah, I'm getting up there. Yeah. Did you play this at all, Riff? Nope, not yet. I've been playing other stuff. It's pretty good. It is kind of hard as balls, though. And then there's a whole series of yeah, like, the, optional the content. Yeah, I'm, I'm layers of them. I'm layers super of optional not content. Into, I was like the level-based platformers generally, and stuff like like Super Meat Boy and so on, especially. So it Celeste seems like is, probably like, not for me, but that's fair enough. And you're pro you're probably right, but Celeste is actually. Um, a little bit more exploration driven than that. Okay. Like it's not like finish a screen and then move on. You're actually exploring a space, hmm. which is cool. I do like that. And like, and there's weird things like, um, when you cross a screen barrier, your air dash recharges. Which you use so several times. You can use that to like climb indefinitely as long as you can go back and forth between two screens, yeah. which is a weird thing. Like, yeah, they do weird things with that. Um, there's a with that conceit. ton of hidden stuff. Yeah. It's really like extremely voluminous. All, I, all the, the level of optional hidden stuff. Like, so this, this game can be as hard as you want. And like, I imagine assist mode makes it pretty goddamn easy. So like, you can really adjust if you're into it, but for the aesthetics and the story, like you can. It depends on what assist mode does, right? Like I know that there's one version of it that's just infinite dashes, which that would not help me because <laughs> the problem is not that I run out of dashes. It's that I dash in the wrong direction. And then like in a time sequence, that's just it. That's yeah. Game so also just invulnerability. I think oh. you just can't die. Okay. Yeah. I've also heard there's like a, like adjust the game speed. Oh, uh, okay. Uh -huh. That'd probably be good. Um, what I got a little 
disillusioned when I got to a point where in order to make progress, I had to just discover that there was one wall that you had to air dash into that would then break down. Mm. And that was like, well, that kind of sucks. That's yeah, that's that's rare. Um, it's hinted at. You're talking about the one in in level two that you get where you use to reach the mirror. Yeah, yeah, that's. I feel like that one's hinted pretty well, but maybe I thought that because I can see colors. Oh, is that how is it hinted? Well, so it is a different color. Oh, okay. um, but also like if you go, uh, you can find the mirror, uh, by taking a different path. And you can see that they're like you can if you if you look at where like the exit is for the the part of the room where that you would need to go into to reach the mirror, um, you can kind of extrapolate like in that direction. That's where the secret wall is. I see. Most like most of the game isn't that. Like there's a bunch of that in the game, but it's usually for like optional stuff. But. Like, there's plenty of frustration to be had elsewhere. Sure. So, like... It just... It made me a little mistrustful of the design that that was a critical path. Sure. Thing. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I didn't have time to think about it very much before the game just got, like, balls-crushingly <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it really does get pretty crazy. Play anything else? Yeah, that's, that's it for... I mean... I, I I continue to play Hitman, but I don't really have much. I don't really have much to say about it. Mm. Any, additionally, yeah, I continue to play four hours a day of Cinco House. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah. Right. I finished uh, uh, Kingsfield Three and started playing Infinifactory again. Oh, nice! You still didn't talk about Kingsfield Three last week. I you still haven't talked about it at all. Yeah, I just... guys, I don't like it when you talk about <laughs> Kingsfield Three. Apparently. <laughs> I got the good ending. I don't know what else to say good, about it. Good. Okay, all right. <laughs> How do you get the all good right. ending? <laughs> you have to, uh, there's like a, a slight detour you can make at the end to go repair the, the Moonlight Greatsword, and then you use that to kill the boss instead of whatever other swords you have. And that lets you, kill, How do you... That lets you fight a second <laughs> boss. How do you know that? Uh, I think just through exploration and generally paying attention to the NPCs who tell you that the Moonlight Greatsword is important. <laughs> okay. Well, if there's nothing to say about it, that's fine. And are the NPCs trustworthy? They don't tell you to yeah, nobody, bang your head no, on Deborah Cliff. Yeah, nobody seems like a liar. They're, they're, they're either like old wizards or beaten down peasants for the most <laughs> part. Those are the two categories of people that you can definitely trust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beaten down peasant has nothing to uh, nothing to lose. The wizard has nothing to gain. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I played uh, over the last like thirty six hours. I played like seven hours of Subnautica. Oh wow! Um, it's very very good. I knew that it was good, or at least I knew that I it had the opportunity to be good because I played it like a year ago when it was in early access. And it was really cool, and I decided, okay, I I don't want to actually, like, ruin this for myself by being exhausted on it before it actually comes out. And then it actually came out, like, a week ago. What is it, it procedurally what is generated it? Or, or fully it designed? It is not. It is fully designed. Okay. Um, although some stuff might be slightly different, I guess, because uh, there's a lot of 
I don't know that they like place every resource node manually. Um, on so the map. so what, but, what kind of game is so this? So it is a game. It is a first person survival game, basically. Uh, a lot of crafting and some base building. Um, and you are. But not procedurally generated. It is not procedurally generated. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's got a storyline. Um, you start off like watching a first person cutscene of like getting into an escape pod on a spaceship and then the escape pod. Frip, frips it frips out it like uh, it does the thing that i would describe as a combination of flipping out and freaking out okay. uh and you get knocked unconscious and then you wake up and your escape pod is floating uh, in the water and on fire and so you have to learn how to use objects to use a fire extinguisher to put out the fire inside your pod and then you have to like fix some of the stuff and you have a fabricator that will take like raw materials from the environment and let you make better tools and like your your exploration is gated by that and you go out into the world and it's basically entirely underwater except for a few there's like a couple of islands but the above the water gameplay is not super well developed like you don't really spend much time there um and there's like your giant hulk of your crashed spaceship is over yonder and there's a lot of like scanning things that are that are bits of the old spaceship that fell off so that you can unlock new technologies to build onto your base. Um, I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's, it's like an underwater Pikmin. Is it? <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't really know what Pikmin is like. Uh, well, I mean, that's a joke, but Pikmin is about like you crash landed on this planet and you have to survive. I see. Uh, yeah. That's also kind of just like regular life, right? Like mm. you're, you're yeah. born, you might as well have been... You're, an alien. You're born, that. you might as well survive. Yeah. yeah. You learn how to make better things as you get older and gain access to more resources. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. You learn how things work by looking at them. Okay. You have a you have a, a perfect sense of direction and a and a, you issued at birth a PDA that keeps track of everything that you've ever heard or read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh when you're not looking at something it doesn't exist. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't exist. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> uh, do you have a sense of how long this game is? I do not. Um, I didn't look. It's. I feel as though I have just barely scratched the surface. I after seven hours and a little bit of a little bit of frustration with like clearly needing one resource to get to the next like kind of step on the tech tree from where I am and just not having any idea where it was. I glanced at a map and it turns out I've been to a lot of the, a lot of it. Right. It's very dark. And I, and I think I, I have not been to a lot of it because there are huge amounts of caves uh, in it that are just horrifying because you have limited oxygen and, uh, and in my case, limited spatial skills. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, because it's uh, fully 3D. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, because you can just move in, you can move and be pointed in any direction. Um, it's... D- is there, like, is there the concept of rolling? No, it's not like descent or okay. or prey even. Like, you, you can basically, if you can figure out which way horizontal is, you're always okay. oriented perpendicular to the horizontal when you look horizontally. Right. So, um. But you can build vehicles that are progressively cooler submarines, which is awesome. It's like, I don't know, it just feels really good and it's spooky. And you, 
I kind of wish that I had started the mode where it doesn't make you worry about hunger and thirst because that is annoying to just constantly be. But you're constantly, you're like underwater the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you're immersed. Mm-hmm. Can't you just drink that? Yeah. Yeah. And eat the, like the, the plankton. You have to, you drink bleach basically. Okay. Uh, but because you, uh, you can make bleach out of salt and this particular kind of coral. And there's a recipe for just drinking bleach. <laughs> it just turns, I think you just use bleach on seawater and then it, seawater plus bleach equals delicious, uh, <laughs> microbe free water. It's kind of true. Yeah. Is it? Mm hmm. Bleach doesn't remove the salt from seawater. Salt is flavor. It is a little bit weird. It's like that a really weak soup. It's like a broth. Yeah. It's a little weird that you have this basically like gun that is a magic wand that can manufacture entire buildings out of a single chunk of metal, but they they don't have like efficient desalinization. <laughs> you know, it would just ruin there's it's it's actually kind of a little bit aggravating because there are these like non-hostile fish that are floating around all over the place and there's a recipe to just turn one of those fish into a plastic bottle of water (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just kind of tedious fish and not a bottlenosed dolphin Mm -hmm. (laughs) bottlenosed and also bottle bodied and bottle butted (laughs) dolphin it's just a bottle of water with fins um and there's uh, like other fish that you can cook and it's just it's just kind of a hassle to go catch them you you get this like gravity mine that you can employ that you deploy and then it just like grabs fish and kind of keeps them close to it but it doesn't make them stop moving so you still have to chase them around it's uh, eh. it's a little clever in the beginning like you all of the fish that you want to eat and drink can outswim you until you build swim fins and then it makes you slightly faster than them. It's like, that's a nice, like, ah, I feel good now because I couldn't do this before. And now I can, thanks to these cool shoes. Again, just like real life. Right. (laughs) Remember when you were a kid and you always imagined that if you could put some springs on the bottoms of your shoes, that you would be able to jump very high. No, you didn't, you didn't think about that. Did you imagine that? You just try it. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, Air Jordans, though. There's also there's those. Uh, I remember early internet videos of like a guy running around on those crazy like blade springs, like oh, yeah. uh, like Chell has in Portal. <laughs> Could never tell those videos. Do you think they were real? I I mean they Portal? really do give those to people without shins. Oh no, this was like on the bottom of a guy's normal feet. Oh, and oh, he was yeah. like jumping over cars and shit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't seen that video. Guys, we should use some of the Patreon money to get us all some of those blades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make it so easy to commute. You could just run like 40 or 50 miles an hour. You think, just run across the Bay Bridge faster I, I than the people you, driving. You pay higher tolls if you have those tires. Can't you just, just shoot over the toll booth? You just oh, yeah. That's... Too high for the security cameras to see your license plate. Exactly. Did you guys ever have those toy trucks that if they hit an obstacle, like monster claws would emerge from the tires and it would claw its way over the obstacle? No. I remember the ads for those. They were super fucking cool. That does sound cool. Yeah. I had a, a truck, a pickup truck 
where if you rolled it over things, it would pick it up and they would end up in the truck bed. Whoa, what? They were, they were like rollers that, that like, and this, uh, this left me confused about what a pickup truck was for years. Mm-hmm. Because pickup is just right there. Right. Because- and you kept trying to hitchhike by laying down in the middle of the road and hoping that a pickup truck would roll over the top of you. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, did you play any video games? Uh, I played uh, – so I finished Prey. Uh, oh, yeah. Now this is the Prey spoiler cast. Yeah. I, I'm curious about what what we can talk about because I kind of want to talk about the ending, but it's you know spoilerific. Yeah. Just fast forward – Nine minutes if you don't want to hear Kevin spoil the ending of Prey. Uh, so I I think I got basically all of the like ways to get to the ending, but the ending wasn't different because I didn't change. Like I would have to go back and like do a bunch of different shit to get like a to, to get a really different right. And interaction. I, I remember we had this conversation the first like when Zach and I were playing it about how like when we finished it, it kind of the ending kind of destroyed our uh desire to re to like replay it with different paths because it became obvious that like all those things that you could do would lead to the exact same ending. No, there's, there's totally different ending. Well, there's different, there's the cutscene. the last like three seconds of the cutscene changes and the, a, a few things that people say. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't, I should watch the video. I just assumed that there was something more serious but like you choosing to like destroy the shuttle or not doesn't have like the impact that i like i would want to know like does that actually like save the planet or it seems like that would be a great for uh like a sequel to take all of the choices that you made and have that actually populate the beginning state of the game that would be interesting if that were feasible i i mean i mean you just have to make two different games right (laughs) yeah yeah and each great. person is only allowed to buy one of them. No, you buy. You just buy the one game, and then it reads your save, and then it locks you into that. It's good. I don't know that super, I think, super popular. I don't know that I the, think it's good. The, the 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 more difficult problem I think would be convincing a publisher to pay for a sequel to Prey. Sure, which is too bad because it was really, really, really good. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I just continued to love all the little hidden puzzly bits here and there i think i did there's like one or two quests that were bugged out that i couldn't finish but i finished every quest that i could find let's Uh, i think we should pool our money and pay david Pittman to make a sequel to prey okay all right in the neon struct engine right okay (laughs) we we have to get the license as well this is uh couldn't we just do it p-r-a-y or you could call it year two year yeah, okay, we, need to, we do need to just eat keep, love. We need to. Yeah, <laughs> we need to uh, just keep coming up with all the other uh, anagrams of prey. Perry. Hi, I'm Perry. I bet you're wondering how I ended up on this space station surrounded by aliens. <laughs> David Pittman put me here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funded by somebody else's Patreon, right? <laughs> um, oh yeah, the, I. I bet uh, our Patreon backers would have no problem with us taking all that money and putting it into a Prey sequel. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, what kind of a Prey sequel can you get for $11,000 a year? (laughs) Pretty good one, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's way more than the cost of a regular video game, right? So it should be really good. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you ask people on the internet, they'll they'll tell you making video games is really easy. Some some parts of it are. A lot of parts are not. <laughs> uh, so I also played um, Keep Talking and oh, uh, yeah. Explodes. Uh, we played it with, with you and a couple other folks. We took turns uh, manipulating the bomb. And, and there was kind the of a team of people reading the manual, which I yeah. I eventually just wandered off because I did not find that to be. Like, when I wasn't doing anything, I was bored. And when I was doing something, I felt guilty for hogging it. So uh-huh. I was like, I don't want to do this as a team. Uh, I I had not played a bunch of it before. I'd played like five minutes in a at a convention or whatever and like it really gets way more interesting the more varied the interactions become yeah there's a lot of fun little logic puzzle bits i want to i want to have you come over at some point and just do, and it, just do it with the vibe for like a like play it for a couple of hours yeah that'd like, be great i want them to I make be a, a sequel to it that's where instead of a bomb diffusing manual it's a spell book yeah that huh. seems pretty good Multiplayer spellbook stuff. All right, I've got I've got a skeleton in front of me, and I've got <laughs> in my pocket I've got some some weird dust yeah. looking stuff. Yep, and yep. all right, what color a, is the dust? <laughs> uh, it's purple. There's a, so there's a wand on the ground. It's got a star shaped head. How many? Head. How many? Does the skeleton have a gold tooth? <laughs> I can't tell from this distance. I don't want to get any closer. <laughs> it's got bling teeth. Uh, at the maid, there's a, a setup for um, oh I forget I can't remember the name of it that that um, that mech game for the original Xbox Steel Battalion Steel Battalion yeah oh, they have like the full controller they have the full controller and they also it, but it's also like in uh, an aftermarket like it's basically they turned it into an immersive experience where you sit in a dark room. With the control, like a cockpit like, kind of a cockpit thing, yeah. Okay. There's the door that shuts behind you, and you have like a phone line you use to talk to an operator outside of the room who has the manual for the game. Okay. And so, like, this is a game that, like, you are if you bought this game in what 2002 or whatever, you would presumably learn how to operate this mech over the course of 30 hours. Um, but it's a very different experience when you're like in this box with flashing lights um, and you are, you know, talking to somebody outside who's reading like a condensed version of the manual, trying to figure out like how to it'll tell you how to operate it. That reminds me of a, a different game that I played this week and forgot about. Uh, it is that Shell Games VR game, I Expect You to Die. Huh. Oh, yeah. It is pretty cool what's the Um, idea you are like a james bond kind of thing and it's it the initial opening like what they were going for was it was like the beginning of a 60s spy movie with the sort of like the titles where it's like a lot of geometric shapes sort of moving around animated and a lot of like monochrome backgrounds with silhouette stuff. You know, the, you know, the kind of art style that I'm talking about. It's that except you're kind of in it, like being, being sort of wheeled through parts of it, but it goes on way too long and it's not super well executed. And the song is not very good. Mm. And so it was like, man, that like they, they really start out of the gate with a kind of a misstep. And and it, I feel like it's uh well, the VR game especially, like, maybe you got 15 minutes before you're 
too sweaty to keep playing, so <laughs> making you spend four of those minutes on a, a title screen is a little goofy. Um, but you keep switching between like being in your office at the spy headquarters and like you know loading up the next tape into the projector to tell you what your mission is going to be like, and then just in these. It's a seated VR game, which okay. is awesome. Yeah. So then you're in these scenarios where you're seated. Uh, that, like that's what I was about to ask you because I I own it but haven't got around to playing it yet. And my my room space for my VR setup is super limited. So it, one where you're sitting down is real good. Yeah, and it's got about the best way of handling that that I have seen, which is at any point you can just hold down any control and it recenters your view nice. like at wherever you're looking. So it's pretty nice. Um, it is very difficult to actually, it's not super bad once you get used to it, but like actually manipulating objects in the world is kind of tough because you have to, you hold down the trigger to grab something, but then you have to keep holding the trigger to keep holding onto it. But then you, you use the thumb circle pad thing as a kind of a mouse for manipulating stuff you can send things out into the world like you're telekinetic like they just say all right here's your spy telekinesis powers um <laughs> which is the way that you interact with things that at a distance and you don't have to do that a ton but it's also like the way that you fire a gun in this game is to hold down the trigger to grab the gun and then keep holding down the trigger while you press the thumb button on the top of it to shoot yeah like oh that's weird yeah and it, but you never I haven't encountered a situation where a gun is anything other than just a toy for you to mess around with. There's never a point where it does anything important. Um, in the first scenario, you're just like in a car that's in an airplane and you have to st – you're in the cargo bay of an airplane and you have to like get – figure out a way to get the car out of the of the airplane. But there's like all these countermeasures that are trying to kill you. So you have to like – you know, first you have to hold something up in front of this like electric eye that's trying to figure out that you're in there and then you have to like – roll down the window long enough to grab something, but not long enough that the poison gas gets in and kills you. And it's like, it's just these kind of like frantic room escape scenarios that you just have to do all these things in sequence and really like dying and starting over is very much a part of it. Yeah. That said, I do wish there were some better checkpointing because it kind of sucks to just be doing the same sequence over and over and over again. And you get better at it and it's fun. And you learn different, you know, you learn different ways of doing it and you can get through them really, really fast if you know exactly what you're doing, which is kind of nice, but like, I ended up kind of getting frustrated with the third level because there's just like some shit that goes wrong that I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be doing to fix it or exactly what happened that led me to lose. And it's like the pace, the pace and urgency increases over the course of a given level. So it's just kind of, there's a cool one where you're like pretending to be a window washer to like do some stuff in this lab, in this, in this building. And you're just like on a, window washing platform outside and like all of your interactions are through the window and it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I expect you to die. It, I think the game would be nonsense, not in VR. So I don't imagine it will ever be ported outside of that. Huh. The choice of opening with a movie title sequence is weird in VR specifically. Like video games take so much from film language that, like putting a, a film title sequence in a video game makes sense because you're looking at it on a screen like you would a movie. But like VR, VR is supposed to be – unless it was like a, you are in the title sequence. You are. Okay. And that's And that's what – like I think they had the idea, oh, man, what if we did a 60s spy movie title sequence but you're in it? And gotcha. like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But then it just kind of didn't quite deliver. It was like – 
I left it thinking, oh, that was a good idea that was not particularly well executed on instead of... Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think probably part of it was they commissioned a song and every time you ask for a song, it's th- three times as long as you imagined it would be. Like, that's just <laughs> a fact about <laughs> video game music because like, you know, I think composers don't want to write a minute and a half long song, you know, because that's not enough time for a song to go anywhere. But... Um, so I think they, they got this song. It was also not a very good song. I mean, you know, no offense to whoever wrote it, if you're listening, but it was like, you know, it was like, a, I don't know, a, a soulful black woman singing the title of the movie, okay. you know, in a, that kind of style that just the James Bond thing. I don't know. How long is the title sequence on a James Bond movie? It's a good question. Good Three couple minutes. of minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a yeah. full song length. Yeah. But usually they have, like, the visuals to keep it interesting through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a game called The Wizards. It was another VR game. Okay. But I haven't played it yet. And then I also re-downloaded Waltz of the Wizard. uh, Which is a really awesome, like, magician's lab simulation thing in VR. That was one of the first things that I did with the vibe at the office that really impressed me. And they've added some new level to that. So I, Crows, Crows, I don't Crows has a VR game out to accounting. Or I yeah, that's pretty good. Is, is it's very good? short. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot like the Rick and Morty game. It's like a shorter version of the Rick and Morty game. It's kind of the same style. Um, I don't, I haven't finished the Rick and Morty game. I wonder where it goes. I really enjoyed my time with it. It was, it had a lot of really thoughtful, like in almost every case, when I tried to do something, the game responded to it, which is actually fairly like in a way that like job simulator really fell flat for me because it just didn't Yeah, right. like almost everything that I tried to do in job simulator just didn't do anything. And so I kind of fell out of love with that in a hurry. They come out Um, with the Rick and Morty one for PSVR. I would like to play that one. Well, if you'd ever come to San Francisco, you could play all kinds of things on my Vive. But you won't, so you can't. <laughs> I mean, you may. I might. You know, I'd like you to. Well, we'll have to. We'll have to figure out a reason. Well, DLC is fellow fellow feeling not a reason? Is just coming to hang out with us and go have a fa- nice meal at a fine restaurant? It seems I like a mi- Fanta. <laughs> Fanta. <laughs> yeah, go have a Fanta. Is that a place? No, it's a, it's a beverage. It's named after Mount Fanta, isn't it? I guess. Like Dew. Like Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because it's just MT Dew. It's not even Mountain. Oh, hmm. is it how, like, how like he's... Uh, it isn't, it's, he derp, isn't, it's Derp yeah, Pepper. It's yeah, it's Derp Pepper. He doesn't really have a degree. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to eight years of medical school... <laughs> the end. <laughs> also, I don't think anyone goes to eight years of medical school. Like I guess if you flunked a few classes. Three years of residency, and then sometimes you have like a specialty residency, which that kind of all counts. I didn't, go to, I didn't go to eight years of medical school to be called a good doctor. <laughs> you guys want to talk about our assignment? Sure. Floor kids. For the Nintendo Switch. For the Nintendo Switch. Is this only on the Nintendo Switch? Currently, to my knowledge. That's weird. Was it? 
pitched as a Switch exclusive? It was. It's been in development for years. Yeah, so. I don't think so. It is a rhythm game where you. I liked that it was priced at nineteen ninety. Yeah, me too. That oh, is, I didn't even notice that. That's pretty good. That's good, and I like that Nintendo apparently just allows you to price things wherever. So West of Loathing can just be eleven dollars <laughs> instead of ten ninety nine. Yeah. Um. Or it could be eleven thirty seven. You're paying more for the premium version. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, sorry, we're not allowed to talk about. <clears throat> Never mind. It's portable. You could play it anywhere. Nothing is happening. That's what makes it premium. Um, nothing is happening now that Kevin signed an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you basically, it's it kind of felt like Parappa the Rapper a little bit to me in that there are just, the levels are just songs yeah. and you have like a series of dance moves that you do and it's but kind of rhythm gaming. Yeah, you don't but you really don't. interact with the song. Yeah, it felt more to like me a, like Tony Hawk with no level movement. Yeah, yeah. which I was, I was really disappointed by that. Like, yeah. I... There's there's moments in the song where it's it's a more traditional rhythm game like Parappa the Rapper, where um, trying to hit the beats and you're, yeah. you're trying to hit the pattern. I really didn't pattern. like that, it when those when those showed up because yeah. it totally breaks the flow of like if yeah. you're, if you were getting a good combo going then all of a sudden out of nowhere you just get interrupted. That sucks. I think that's right. part of the game design though because like the all the like crowd shoutouts to do a th- certain thing like those are meant to prevent you from just having free reign to do a bunch of combos. I think yeah I I settled into a flow really quickly in this game where like I got good enough to get four or five stars on anything and never figured out how to get better than that like the first time I I played a song like I got five stars like I guess I'm good at this game and it's just like you fucking keep a rhythm and do all the moves you know how to do yeah, you get a variety oh. bonus. But you for... need to do. You need to do like the combos. You need to do it, it some was like never embellishments. Really clear to me what moves comboed well into other. Moves. Yeah, me neither. It yeah, I never you. figured that out. It, well, it'll so it'll show you like a list of things on the screen. Like it tells these... you when you did it. It doesn't. No, it tells you in advance it, when. Like, yeah. So you start doing a move, and if it's the first move at a combo, it'll tell you what the second move is, and you do right. the second move, it'll tell you what the third move is. I can, oh, really? I can that, never that, remember that, the names of things. Well yeah. Do you have to do just know the that names? That you remember the. Yeah, yeah you have you have to have that memorized. Yeah. yeah. And if it, if it were like in Tony Hawk games where they ask you to do a specific move, they usually show you the button combination next to it. Yeah, I think right. they they wanted it to be a little bit of a puzzle. Like it made sense to me that, yeah. that they would just tell you the name and that's part of playing the game is like learning the yeah, the moveset. But but, but I would say that like in general this this um scoring system is not anywhere like i was hoping for like something like tony hawk and it's not anywhere close to like holding the interest that a tony hawk scoring system holds for me hmm. i've not played any tony hawk stuff so i don't know like that is all about doing cool moves in combo and combination just in stuff. sequence in just se- doing a bunch yeah, of stuff without so, breaking or without stopping or fucking so up. the interesting mm-hmm. part about tony hawk is um finding a route through the level where you are you never stop doing a trick okay um and so it's playing off the space and like if like it's all very easy to like fuck up your lines so then you have to improvise um you're interacting very heavily with the space and if they had figured out a way to um make the song have more of a shape that impacts the gameplay 
aside from just like these specific sections are like a more traditional rhythm yeah. game. Yeah, and I, those did just kind of suck. Like they, I don't really ever want to play a game where your goal is just to press a face button as fast as you can yeah. because it <laughs> yeah, just that, like that was you know what it's I'm easier old if and this, you do it with the triggers but yeah it still sucks i'm old and this hurts my hands and i just don't want to do it like i, yeah. I like the, the, it's lame to ask me to do this yeah, yeah agreed I, like those are just for points though you don't have to do yeah them. and you don't get many points from it either like the the um the ones where you're supposed to press it in a certain rhythm makes more way more yeah gives you gives you way more points yeah and those are kind of fun, but I sort of wish that some songs were just that and some songs were the dancing, maybe, because mm. it, it, it is a weird just, like, bring it up. I, like, I didn't give this too much time because, like, the theme is just not for me. Like, it doesn't speak to me at all. Like, there's no, nothing, nothing about this is anything that I have any vocabulary to appreciate. And it doesn't really... It's not like trying to get you to appreciate the aesthetic. It's just offering it up for people who appreciate it, yeah. right? I, I like, like the yeah. art style and the animation. Oh, yeah. The art looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I, when the trailer said, um, what was it? Created and animated by John John, as if you know who that is. Mm. Uh, that was maybe a clue that like this is not – I'm not the audience for this game. But except I love rhythm games. So like, I don't know. It's, this It's a bummer. It, it did not – like – it always felt like the guy was lagging behind my inputs by a measure. Uh-huh. Yep. There is definitely some sort of uh, delay isn't quite the right word, but it, like you have to wait for the animation to yeah. finish before he'll do something he or she will do a new thing and that can be really aggravating. And it also like so I've been told for my entire life enough that I just straight up can't not believe it that I am a terrible dancer. And the thing that strikes me when I watch anyone dance, like if you ask people advice on how to dance, just move to the music. Like that is not what anyone is doing when they're <laughs> dancing. Like nobody is moving differently during the chorus than they are during the verses, for instance, which is like. What, what, what gets me is that dancers will count to eight instead of four. <laughs> instead of counting to four, like twice for two measures, they'll count to eight. Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's harder. It's harder to have interesting dance moves if you're just going to four. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, if, if you want to break up your, you know, your art into a different size chunk, then I break up mine. Right. Fine. <laughs> this is all to say, it did not really seem like the per the character on the screen was dancing to the music. Yeah, yeah, I agree. at all. So it's, you know. And I mean, it seems like that kind of dancing is way more about the athleticism of it than it is about those holds. I, there's no way I could do those in real life. I wish that there had been some indication of when those were going to fail because it didn't. Yeah, or like a balance meter. It's two yeah. two measures. Oh, if you hold it longer than two measures, it okay, fails. The there are extremely helpful. Uh, loading screen tips mm. that if you play enough of it, it explains all the all yeah. the mechanics that you don't understand. I feel like I played like six or seven an songs and I, I was... to just read all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like if the loading I read the I read the manual good, thing good information, then there should just be an option in the in the options menu to just read them all, <laughs> rather than getting yep. lucky. 
Mm. Yeah. I don't regret buying it. I'm probably not going to play it anymore. Yeah. I'm curious what the two-player mode is like. But other than that, One I of the loading screen tips talked about how to block a burn during multiplayer mode. Oh, okay. So that's probably interesting. Yeah. Is there, is there one that tells you how to bring it? <laughs> I didn't see that one. The whole game is about how to bring it. Oh, is it? <laughs> Presumably. Maybe an optional step up phase. Right. Um. Cool. What's our next assignment, guys? Oh, wait. Yeah, it's we're playing some NES game called Legacy of the Wizard. Yeah. yeah. Why are we doing this, Jim? I mean, I know why I get... I mean, I understand why we might do it, but, like, how did we get here? Uh, I think this is something Riff mentioned and that I latched on to. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Tim Rogers mentioned it in an article, and it just sounded really fascinating. This was a game that I had known about as a kid and maybe played, but I can't remember. Um, but it, like, looking at um, information about it, it looks like an interesting, like, action RPG hybrid with multiple playable characters. Yeah, sort of like an early exp- an early Metroidvania kind of thing with, yeah. with the different, instead of one character developing different powers, you start out with a family of characters who each have different abilities. Yeah, yeah. And so that that seemed really intriguing to me. So, yeah, let's play that. We're doing it. Legacy of the Wizard. And if it turns out to be like if it turns out to be like a super pitfall thing where you have to um find like a here jump into this point in space to open the next uh, portal or just teleport somewhere, then I apologize. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. like, like a, a I mean, it looks a lot like Milan's Secret Castle, which right. was a very much like yeah, and, things and are hidden a, by you occupying space in the yeah. Being like, that it's an MSX to NES game, it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> right. What is the difference between... All right, because like, everyone seems pretty universally agreed that hiding things by like the player has to pass over this space and then a, and then a power-up spawns or whatever is bullshit. What is the difference between that and a hidden block in Super Mario Brothers? There's not a whole lot of difference, actually. Like, the the fact that there's a block there means it makes a modicum of sense. Like, there is a place for the thing to be hidden. Um, but they're both reliant on you're just going to play this game a thousand times because you're a kid in the 80s. Um, and, and you're going to touch every part of the world and find all the secrets that way. Like, I'll- And, I mean, people bitch about bombable walls being like marked as bombable walls in post SNES Zelda games. Yeah. But Those people it was kind of bullshit in <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of bullshit in Zelda 1 that you just essentially had to spend you bomb every wall, if you're me yeah. as a kid, you have to spend hours walking in and out of every screen and trying to burn every tree. You get I think um a good compromise in like the um the tinted rocks in Binding of Isaac where like if you notice it the, you, but it's tough to notice you develop an eye for it and that's like a skill that you're building over the course of playing the game um and also you learn how the level generator works and so you get a sense of like which walls to bomb in mm-hmm. the binding of Isaac but like I I I feel like binding of Isaac does way better at hiding secrets than than just like here's a random 
block. I think something that is more frustrating to me about the, like, I passed through this space, now I have to go back mm-hmm. and pick that thing up, whereas, like, you can kind of grab that first hidden one-up in 1-1 one, one in Super Mario Brothers without ever backtracking, you know, like, you kind of know where it is, so you jump, and then you grab it as, you know, as the mushroom comes out of the brick the way you would if it were one that had been standing there, but it's not like, oh, shit, now this thing is behind me, I have to waste some time turning around. Yeah. One of the weird things about um, some of the later new Super Mario Brothers games is that there are there's a kind of coin that you have to pass over twice to collect. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what that's for. Yeah. I mean, it's typically done as a reward for going somewhere. Right. Because it does it in Mario Odyssey, too. Right. But doesn't Mar- like in Mario Odyssey, it's just invisible. Right. Like. Am I wrong? Like you, you, you. You just collect the coin by going over it, but in Mario Odyssey, like some of the coins are just invisible before you get them. And that's so that you can be rewarded for going to a place where you didn't know if there would be a reward there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to hit them twice. I thought maybe you're right. I don't know. Or maybe like they like there's a platform that when you get onto it, all of the invisible coins that were going to be on it spawn or it, something. Yeah. Cause I don't remember it being annoying in Mario Odyssey. So if it's, even if that's the case, there's still like a design purpose for that. Um, whereas the ones in like New Super Mario Brothers, they're like there's a dotted outline. You can see they're there. You just have to hit them twice. Hmm. It's weird. You know what else is weird? Our generous Patreon backers, such as Dotted Line Coin, fucking weirdos. <laughs> give give uh, us more money. Web Cameron Diaz. Oh man, how do you how do you follow that up? <laughs> Agent Orange Foam. Hmm. Danielle Riendo. <laughs> Danielle Riendo Diaz. Mix master microphone. <laughs> All right, Riff, you owe us one, and then uh, we can die. Larry envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 319 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon when we come back to this very room to record episode number 320. And listeners, I really, truly, genuinely, madly, deeply hope that you will join us. Kakaboo Bubalaya. Time for emails. <laughs> Good night. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. <laughs>